Good morning to all of y'all, too. Um, Our passage this morning is from Luke 19. So if you would, um, if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 19. And this morning, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version translation. And before I start reading, I'll just go ahead and say this. Um, you know, scripture, scripture is put together, and so there's a lot of context around it. And today's passage is one of those passages where you're like, okay, it begins with a he. That's a pronoun. Who is he referring to, right? That's Jesus. We're going to go ahead and start by saying that he, in 19 verse 1, is Jesus. So, this is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. This is the word of God. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is God's word for God's people. He has given it to you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you for how you instruct us uh, through it and also how you proclaim to us good news. Good news that Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. Father, we ask now that you will use your word by the power of your spirit to search our hearts, to know our thoughts. And we ask that as we contemplate your word and we think upon it, that you will make uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um. So I want to I want to recognize that as we're gathered together today, that we're all coming into today from different places. Um, some of you have known and been walking with Christ for many years. Some of you might be wondering. Who is Jesus? Um, Some of you might be thinking, I think I like Jesus. I'm not sure what I think about Jesus' people. Um, But however you're coming in this morning, I want you to know that Jesus welcomes you. That you are welcomed in the name of Jesus, and he 
invites you to bring your whole self into worship, including your challenges and your joys, your doubts, your brokenness, and your sin. Jesus says, come, come to me. Um, I also want to, right before I start out, I want to say that I'm also indebted to um, a scholar named Kenneth Bailey for a lot of his insights into this passage. And also that even though we sang the song about Zacchaeus, that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, um, you know, wee meaning small, short, short of stature, that even though that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, he had bigger problems than just being short, right? Zacchaeus has bigger problems than just being short. But also through this passage, we will see that Jesus shows costly love. He shows costly love and shows unexpected hospitality. All right? He shows costly love and unexpected hospitality. Back in Luke chapter 9, you're like, whoa, 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 I thought you said 19. I did. We're going we're gonna to take a brief detour and go back to Luke chapter 9. And in Luke chapter 9, one of Jesus' disciples named Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, or he, that he is the Messiah. And then Jesus says, hey, I'm going to die. Then, a little bit later in chapter 9, it says this, When the days drew near for Jesus, or for, for him, Jesus, to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And then Jesus says, I am going to Jerusalem to, to die. And then right before chapter 19 is chapter 18. Um, and Jesus, again, for the third time, tells his disciples that he is going to Jerusalem and that he is going to die. He foretells his death for the third time. And so he's on his way to Jerusalem. And on his way into Jerusalem... Um, there's a big crowd. A big crowd has gone out to um, outside of the city walls. They've gone outside the city walls to welcome Jesus because in their culture, this was a way to show um, honor and welcome to somebody who is uh, a dignified, in this case, what they think of as a rabbi. And so people leave Jericho, they go out, and they're walking along with him to, to welcome and honor him. And you may remember that there was a blind man who was on the side of the road saying, Son of David, have mercy on me, right? And even though the crowd tells him to be quiet, Jesus hears this blind man. Jesus hears the blind man, and he heals him. A blind man receives his sight. This is, if, I, if I'm understating, uncommon right? It doesn't happen every day. This, this man receiving his sight is a miracle from God, showing the power of God, and through this sign, it also shows who Jesus is. He restores sight to a blind man. And what does this blind man do when his sight is restored? He follows Jesus, and he too is praising God. 
And so that brings us, finally, right? You're like, finally, chapter 19. This brings us to chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus is entering Jericho and says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. So Jesus is not really planning to stay in Jericho very long. And this would have been unexpected and very disappointing for the people of Jericho. Remember the people of Jericho? They had left the city to welcome Jesus. So they knew he was on his way in. So they had made preparations to honor this great rabbi. But Jesus is getting ready to pass through. And so this would be disappointing. But nevertheless, to show honor to Jesus, some of, the, some of the people who had gone out to meet him and maybe some of the people who had come in um, that had seen him as he's passing through would go out of uh, Jericho with him. And they would walk with him away outside of town. And then here we are in verse 2. And it says, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is introduced. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Hmm. Zacchaeus was rich. He had lots and lots of money. Uh, being the chief tax collector, he oversaw this, this region around Jericho. And um, at this time, they, they used this system, they called it like tax farming, where basically the chief tax collectors would put in a bid telling the Roman Empire, Roman Empire, we will provide this much money for you from this area. And then it was their job, the, the tax collector's job, to get that money and the money that they wanted to live on. But kind of the, the tricky thing about this was, so the chief tax collector knew how much the bid was, and the Romans m- probably know what, how much that money was, but the people in town, the people who were passing through who taxes were collected from, did not know. And so a lot of times collect, tax collectors were known for taking more than what they really needed or what was their fair share. Um, and so Zacchaeus has been doing this. He has become very rich and very powerful, but he's also become hated. Zacchaeus is hated by the people of Jericho because he is a tax collector. He is working with the Romans. That foreign army that nobody likes in town, that's the Romans. Zacchaeus works with them and for them. Zacchaeus is seen as a traitor. He has betrayed his own people to get money for the Romans and to get rich for himself. And so everybody in town, all the people of Jericho, they pretty much know who Zacchaeus is and they hate him. So as you're beginning to see here, like Zacchaeus, the wee little man, yeah, he was short, but he had more problems than just being short. He was hated by the people in town. He was sinning by stealing from people and the people around. Like, he was a traitor. He had betrayed his own people and the people of God. But verse 3 says that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. Somehow, Zacchaeus heard about Jesus and he was seeking to see who he was. Maybe he already heard that the blind man had received his sight. That's a big deal, right? A blind man receives his sight. But 
there's this big crowd going with Jesus, walking through town, right? Zacchaeus is short. Um, so if he's in the back part of the crowd, right, he's not going to be able to see over everybody else because he's short. And we know this, right, when, like, when there are parades and other like, um, things going on where people want to see. A lot of times, if there's a big crowd around, especially children, you know, they get to kind of go to the front. Even though they're short, they get to go to the front. People want them to see. They, they show kindness to them. In this culture, if Zacche- Zacchaeus was rich, he was powerful, and if he was respected, and if people actually honored him, they would have made a way for Zacchaeus to go to the front to see. But Zacchaeus couldn't do that. Zacchaeus was hated. Zacchaeus was a traitor. And if Zacchaeus isn't careful, he could get a little too close to the crowd. And being in the crowd, he might get hurt. Because people recognize him as a hater. Uh, They recognize him as a traitor. And they might try to do physical harm to him. So he can't do that. So Zacchaeus, he's a, he's a pretty quick guy, and so he decides, he comes up with a plan. And he wants to see Jesus so badly that he ran ahead. He leaves Jericho, running, and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Running and climbing trees. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, the fairly recent phenomenon of grown men running when there's not battle or some sort of emergency, that's a new thing, right? Um, so, for G, for, so for Zacchaeus to go out of the town running, you know, he's lifting up his big heavy robes, showing the bottom of his, bottoms of his legs, running. This is not the usual thing to do. This kind of brings dishonor upon him. Because honorable people... Distinguished people, they're not running. They have people to run for them. And if running was unusual, climbing a tree is pretty much unheard of. Who does this? This is a grown man running and climbing a tree. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. So, a little fun thing about sycamore trees. Sycamore trees weren't planted in cities. They, were, they, were, they might be planted or they might grow out along the roads, but they weren't inside the cities. So we know this is outside of the city. Um, also, this is good for Zacchaeus. Um, they were known for having low, sturdy branches. Makes it a le- little easier for Zacchaeus to climb the tree. And, as I um, kind of hinted at a little bit earlier, they had big leaves, dense foliage, so that Zacchaeus, climbing up into this tree, might hope to get up in the tree to be able to see Jesus and that nobody would see him. So he's outside of the town. He's hiding in a tree, hoping to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was hiding in a tree. Verse 5 tells us that Jesus came to that place and he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. This is a problem for Zacchaeus because if Jesus can see Zacchaeus, chances are that crowd that came out from Jericho with him can also see Zacchaeus. 
So all those people from town that do not like Zacchaeus, hate him, they're also seeing Zacchaeus. And it doesn't say this in the passage, but there's a very strong probability that the people of town who went out with Jesus are probably um, cursing and saying some very unkind things to and about Zacchaeus. But Jesus looks up and says to Zacchaeus, and says, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. How odd is this? There is a hated tax collector in a tree. Jesus, the people going around recognizing him as this holy man, and Jesus stops and says, Zacchaeus, come down for I have to stay at your house today. <laughs> that crowd that had come with Jesus outside the city, they're like, what is going on here? This is crazy. First, Jesus is talking to a tax collector, a known sinner. He's talking with him. What is going on? And second, he's saying, I'm going to go to your house? Um, the people of Jericho, when they knew Jesus was coming, they would have prepared a place for Jesus to stay, prepared a feast for him, prepared um, a place for him to rest and to have some sort of discourse, to be able to talk with him because they want to talk with Jesus. They want to ask him questions. And Jesus was passing through. He basically said, thanks, but no thanks. And now he says to the tax collector, hey, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to stay there. This is unusual. And remember before when the people were disappointed? Like, there's, there's going to be more to this than just disappointment. So Jesus, after he's already passed through, he's turning back to Jericho. And what's it say? It says, Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus listened to Jesus. He admitted that he was hiding and that he had been found by Jesus, and he goes down. He receives him joyfully. He's happy that Jesus has found him. Verse 7. Look with me at verse 7. So there's, there's, kind of this, there's kind of this change here because we were out on the road. And now we're here in verse 7. And things turn darker. Right? Things turn darker here in verse 7. It says, when they saw it, when the crowd saw it, when they saw Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, talking with Zacchaeus, welcoming him, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The crowd who had gone out to welcome and honor Jesus, they were very excited about that. But when Jesus comes for the man who is hated, for the man who is a sinner, and welcomes him, showed, and um, says, I'm going to stay at his house, and honors him by staying at his house, the crowd grumbles. And that anger that the, the crowd in the town had toward Zacchaeus 
Jesus takes upon himself. By inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house, Jesus turns the anger of the crowd from Zacchaeus to himself. Listen to the people grumbling. And this just isn't like, can you believe that? This is like the crowd is angry. The crowd is, their, their temper and their anger is, is boiling up. They are angry. And Jesus took their anger upon himself because he has gone in and welcomed and honored a tax collector who is known as a thief, a traitor, and a sinner. But Jesus identifies himself with traitors and sinners. Jesus recognizes Zacchaeus' shame and his guilt and is taking that upon himself. So in verse 8, we have Zacchaeus. He's back in his home. Jesus is in his home. There's this big feast. And now as Zacchaeus in his home as the as the host, he stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded any one of anything, I restore it fourfold. What has happened to Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, the man who was willing to betray his people, who was willing to be um, an outcast, among the people he lived, because he wanted money, he's willing to give half of his goods to the poor. And for those that he had cheated, he's going to give it back four times. For those of you who love math, you're probably like, hmm, if he's over 12.5% of what he has cheated people, He is done for. But that's what has happened to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' heart has changed. Where once he had loved money, he's willing to give it away, to care for the poor, to make things right for those that he had harmed. And let's be honest, if he had had taken more than 12.5%, we're pretty sure that he did, What's going to happen? What's going to happen to Zacchaeus? Um, you know, Westerners, we have this tendency to be like, I want to be very precise in my language. And so, like, there would, be a, there would be a tendency to be like, I really need to check the books before I promise how much I'm going to repay here. But for this culture, if Zacchaeus doesn't make a big statement, the people in the community will be like, nope, he doesn't mean it. He, he doesn't mean that he's actually going to give things back, that he's actually going to care for the poor. This is a big promise made by Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus was found by Jesus, and his pledge is a picture of his desire to reflect the love of Jesus the love that Jesus had shown to him, he's starting to want to reflect that back on other people. And he is seeking to show his love and loyalty to Jesus 
by turning from sin, by turning from greed, and making restitution and loving others. In the verse 9 and 10, Jesus talks. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. How marvelous is this, that Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. If you flip over to Luke 18, I'm going to read to you Luke 18, verses 24 and 27. Remember, there's this rich ruler who has come to Jesus saying, What must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And a little bit later, he says, I have kept all of these commandments from my youth. Right? He's not like a tax collector. He has kept commandments. And Jesus said, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard these things, the rich, man, the rich young man became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Verse 24, Jesus, looking at him with sadness, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus had wealth. He was rich. And because of his cheating and stealing, we could, we could literally say he was filthy rich. But Jesus goes on to say, For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Needles, camels, trying to go through that? It's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle? Mm, that's hard. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? Who can be saved if it's like a camel trying to go through the eye of a needle? But Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Because Jesus works miracles. He gives sight to the blind. And those who are greedy, he gives new hearts. Zacchaeus is a child of Abraham. And this doesn't mean he's a child of Abraham just because he is a Jew, a physical descendant of Abraham. No. He is a child of Abraham because he is someone who is trusting in Jesus and trusting in the promises of God. Galatians. Galatians 3. Let's look at verses 7 through 9 real fast. This is Galatians 3, verses 7 through 9. Know then, that is those who are the, sorry, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, it is because Zacchaeus was trusting in Jesus that he was the son of Abraham. And it's for those of you who are trusting in Jesus, who are children of Abraham, and that you are blessed because the gospel has gone out to the Gentiles. 
The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus shows himself to be the good shepherd. Remember? He found Zacchaeus in a tree while he was hiding. He protected him from the crowd and brought salvation to him. Jesus, taking the town's anger and Zacchaeus' shame upon himself, points to him being the good shepherd. The good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is going to go through Jericho because he is on his way to Jerusalem. And remember, it is in Jerusalem that Jesus is going to die. If we keep keep reading in uh, Luke, in about a week, in less than a week, he's going to be in Jerusalem. In around a week, he's going to be in Jerusalem, and he is going to die. Because he's going to lay down his life as a ransom to redeem his people. For all the sheep who have strayed, who have hidden and gotten lost in their hiding. Remember, Jesus fulfilled what God called him to do in his earthly ministry. He obeyed the law of God. He was loyal to God. And he sought God's glory. And he rightly exercised his power, and his authority. And in laying down his life, Jesus voluntarily took upon himself his people's weaknesses, their shame, their guilt, the guilt of the rebellion against God. He took our shame that when we feel like we're not enough, our shame of dishonoring the Lord and our God who created us, he took upon himself our weaknesses when we, do, when we fail to stand against temptation. These Christ put, us, put upon himself, and he was crushed. Jesus was crushed, and he died, and he absorbed the anger of the wrath of God. But Jesus is God's beloved son with whom he is well pleased. And we know this because on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. Jesus defeated death and has given victory gifts to his people. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus has given gifts. He had won the prize and he's giving out victory gifts to his people. He took our weakness and he's given us the power of his spirit. He took our shame and he's given us a place of honor in the family of God. We are called by God's name. We have a place in the family of God. He has honored us, made us co-heirs. He has taken our guilt and given us a perfect righteousness. That because of Christ, we can boldly come before the throne of grace. And he has guaranteed for you a place at the heavenly banquet in his presence forever. A place with God forever. God not as a judge Not as an executioner, but God as our heavenly Father who loves us, 
who cares for us. A place where there will be feasting and joy and celebration forever. And so today, if you're trusting in Christ, I encourage you to rejoice, to take joy in having that life in Christ, knowing that your Savior died for you and that you are part of the family of God. You have a good shepherd who loves you. And life is hard, right? There are ups, there are downs, there are challenges. And probably if we're if we let ourselves think of it like this, life's probably harder now in this life than it is easy. Our bodies break down. Relationships are hard. Work is hard and toilsome. That's not to say that there's not joy, that there's not happiness, that there's not blessing in relationships. But life is hard. But I want you to remember that as you go through the ups and downs, Jesus is with you. His spirit is with you. And when you feel like you're not going to make it, he's saying, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is rest for your soul in Jesus. For those of you who are here today and are not currently trusting in Jesus, Jesus, just like he was out looking for Zacchaeus hidden in a tree, Zacchaeus is out looking for you. And when you recognize that Jesus has found you, come to Jesus. He has peace for your soul. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, have mercy upon us sinners. We praise you and thank you that Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. And that's either us now or that has been us in the past. We all come before your cross on level ground, because we are all deeply in need of your grace. We have all fallen short. We ask that you will work in our hearts, that you will empower our hearts to turn to you. We ask that you will renew us each day, that you will give us glimpses of joy that foreshadow that eternal joy that there is with you. We ask that you will help us to walk closely with you each day, reflecting the costly love that you have first shown to us. And Father, as we, we turn to the table of the Lord, we ask that you will set apart this bread and this juice for your purposes. We thank you for the Lord's Supper as a, that you have given to us as a means of grace to strengthen your people 
that you strengthen us as we pilgrim and journey along the way through the ups and downs of life, that you help us as we walk with you, that you'll help us to love mercy and to do justly, and that we will find encouragement at your side. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.